This is the Edge of Innovation, Hacking the Future of Business. I'm your host, Paul Parisi. And I'm Jacob Young. On the Edge of Innovation, we talk about the intersection between technology and business, what's going on in technology, and what's possible for business. Hello, and welcome to the Edge of Innovation. I'm Paul Parisi, your host, and today I have Ed Alexander, founder of Fan Foundry. Hey, how are you doing? Nice to be here. Great to have you. So now, and then we moved into the area of, you know, sort of this content development and um, what it is and the cross-linking and things like that. What are the other steps? I mean, is it, is it, those are certainly not simple, but is it really those two steps? Make sure you have good content and then make sure you cross-pollinate that. Is there something else? I think that making sure that whatever structurally you do with SEO on any given page of content is congruent. It resonates with the actual content on the page so that people don't get false positives, okay. right? Get led someplace they don't deserve to be uh, or look for something and find something else that's uh, less relevant or not always as satisfying. Right. That's that's a mutually supportive proposition. But we know, you hear, and anybody can read that the, the Google's and Alphabet, their parent company's intention, was never to build an ad network. When Sergey Brin and Larry Page first right. founded Google, one of their first statements was, no, we're not trying to build an ad empire, although that's going to be a byproduct, right. and it'll help fund our operations. Right. What we really want to build is an artificial intelligence machine. Okay. In the year 2000, when Google was founded, the words in their mission statement were, don't be evil, but we're going to build an artificial intelligence machine. Okay. What does that mean? They melt something different then than it does now, but their eyes were on the prize. Mm-hmm. And so we're now living in a world of natural language processing. Artificial intelligence, where computing power enables computers and machines to interpret our podcast, for example, turn it into an article, for God's sakes, pass it by an editorial filter, and one final pair of eyeballs later, you've got a printed article that transcribes our podcast. This is the world we live in today. If that's feasible, then think again about the value of the content. You can only be so manipulative about your content before it begins to deteriorate in terms of the value it's giving to the customer. Start first about delivering value to your customer, to your buyer, to the family or the other people who are constituents to the buying decision. Okay. I'll give you an example. My yacht charter client realizes a lot of people who take yacht charters from her are families. They're bringing the kids along. It's a legacy. It's a, you know, it's a bucket list opportunity. Mm -hmm. Never had web pages before devoted to kids. Mm-hmm. Why is yachting cool for kids? Well, you've got to be reminded about that. And when you think about it, if a family travels to a hotel, the first people to complain are the kids because the Wi-Fi is not good. Right. You know, when they're coming back again, no matter how lavish the treatment might be, there's no Wi-Fi. This is going to be miserable for everyone. Yes. Let's fix the That's Wi-Fi. True. Right. So guess what? Hotels now know they have to have the best Wi-Fi coverage and the best cellular coverage. They have to have repeaters everywhere. Right. And that becomes the competitive differentiation. Your customer is not just the buyer, it's everybody in the buyer's entourage. Right. Have yeah. content for them. So So if you're the doula, you want to have content not just for the mom, but for the father. That's true. That's a great idea. But for the family. Yeah. Why supportive content. <laughs> you know, because that's right. Somebody tangential to the to this is not going to understand what that is. That's right. And an, an, an anagra, analogy for it that's not exactly accurate, but people think of it often in the same sentence is midwife. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, could, would you suggest that a doula do deliberate content things to get the searching from midwives? Sure. Why not? 
How would you go about that? So, I mean, you're not a midwife, and I honestly don't know the difference. So Me let's, either. So let's, let's assume so, that it's so different that you really can't say one is the other. Or, then or I guess what you would say is we're one of the good piece of content to put in your website is we're a doula, we're not a midwife. How do we differ? Explain that. Okay. What if, if they are similar? It might still require some explanation. There's enough nuance there that a person making the decision would like to know the difference. So probably, if I went up to this doula and said, what's the difference between you and a midwife? That's a great blog post. Exactly right. Okay. Think about the questions the customer would be asking. Ask the answer, the obvious questions. Yeah. As they say in the law business, never ask a question to which you don't already know the answer. Yes. yes. (laughs) And blog accordingly. Yes. So now, does it have to, do I just do this once, set it and forget it? I'm, uh, frankly, the last, the worst offender of my own uh, pontification about how frequently and how regularly to schedule your content publishing. Uh, frankly, blog articles appear on my site approximately whenever I feel like it. Okay. And that's my schedule, and I stick to it. But in the case of a paying customer, by all means, we make sure they have the appetite, the infrastructure, and can carry on the job of routine, regular posting is, of content. Routine. The cadence has to do with the appetite of the viewer. So if you have a restaurant and you want to publish weekly specials, you better publish something every week. Okay. All right. If you are a yacht charter business and you're taking, you're dealing all over the world, then you have segmented content based on regions of the world at okay. least once a week. So, okay, that's a great, great concept to talk about, segmented. Um, so how are they, del- are they, is it different pages on their website, segmentation? Yeah. Great uh, question. In this particular case, uh, the client's name, if you don't mind me mentioning yeah, it, no, his name is Carol Kent. Carol okay. Kent Yacht Charters has been in business for 30-some odd okay. years. And in her case, since she, since one of the con, uh, conditions, one of the uh, trappings, if you will, of a yacht charter experience is that you typically are working with an executive chef, a mm-hmm. good chef, okay. which is no small feat to be able to run a five-star Michelin-rated kitchen out of a galley of a, of a, of a ship at sea. Yep. Think about the planning, you know, the design, and all the features that go into turning out a right. sumptuous experience a for your client. A lot of frozen food you got to order, huh? Uh, and frankly, it can't be frozen, right. and it has to be refrigerated. So all the shopping, all the provisioning, all that has to be really, really careful plan. That's quite a ballet to, yep. to pull off. And it gets done. It gets done. So now imagine pulling that off. Imagine being that yacht chef. You probably have all kinds of stories. Walton, she's interviews top yacht chefs and blogs about them on her Top Yacht Chefs blog. I see. And she has owned the URL, topyachefs.com, and she points it at that particular segment, the blog posts about Top Yacht Chefs. But she still only has one website, carolkentyachtcharters.com. Uh-huh. Interesting. Or com. So you can segment your audiences based on their interests. Now, does she have duplicate content? Does she have that blog post on Carol Kent and on Yacht Chefs? It's actually only in one place. Okay, just so the URL points it. at the same page. Okay. It's promoted differently, but I it all delivers to the same piece of content. So is the idea that it's um, on Carol Kent or let's on the Yacht Chefs mm-hmm. site, she mm-hmm. says, hey, there's a great new blog post over at carolkent.com. Um, go and visit that. Here's yeah. the link. It's a little more transparent than that. It, okay. just, it just talks about top yacht chefs, period. It happens to be Carol Kent's yacht charter's business. That, but but she doesn't say that the blog post is on Carol Kent's yacht charter site. Mm-hmm. It's on the top yacht chef's blog. It's all, okay. the, it's all that the yacht chef cares to know about or the Epicurean enthusiast sure. needs to know about. It may, it may be irrelevant it, 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 whether it ever occurs on a chef. The point is it's great culinary technique, and it's being executed in extreme circumstances. So is she... Um 
So on, on Carol's website, yeah. does she point back to the yacht chef? Say that, mm-hmm. hey, there's yeah. a new review over there. Yes. Okay. Yep. So I'm thinking if the if this doula wanted to do this, yeah. would she say, uh, let me give you um, uh, the best hospitals to birth in Massachusetts? Starts a new website, .com, or something like that, and does reviews of that. And she would be the person doing the writing. She would sort of refer back to her site. But on her site... Would she say something about this site or not? I can't imagine why not. Okay. Uh, rather than that, it would make a lot more sense and be a little less confusing to have one page of content, but have it be referred to from a number of different conduits, your referral sources, your landing okay. pages, your links, your posts. Okay. So the idea isn't necessarily to start another website. It's to get more inbound links. Exactly right. What it does is it enriches the value of your main business site by having other content channels link to your relevant content. Okay. So on the microwave uh, idea, yeah. I'm, I just made the better, best microwave in the world, mm. you know, and it's really great. But I go and obviously I try to get consumer reports to cover yeah. it and all the different consumer magazines, but I might want to go to, you know, who knows what appliance daily uh, and get them to cover it is is that what I want to do or do I want to say let's do a comparison of that on my own yeah let's do a bake off pardon the expression right yep. or a nuke off and uh, talk about the different kinds of microwaves and what the results are maybe do some actual technical challenges replicate them and then blog about them okay. right talk and about blog about them on that on the company's website. Absolutely. Or ask okay. people who, ask a top yacht chef who uses that microwave right. exactly. to blog about why they like that microwave better. Maybe it is less, you know, tippy at sea. Maybe there's something electromechanically about the microwave that makes it superior sure. and you can taste it. So let me ask you with the, with the doula. Would it be reasonable for the doula to say um, to a, a mom, would you be willing to do a blog post on your experience? Satisfied customer. Yeah. And would that go on the doula site, or would it go on her the the mom's blogging site? Why not both? Okay. Or why not just link to the mom's site if the mom is looking for attention as well for whatever the righteous reason might be? Maybe that mom right. has a, got a home based business, sure. and, but talks about parenting and raising kids and so forth. Right. Uh, likewise, Stephanie Arnold, who I mentioned earlier, yeah. the uh, AFE survivor does exactly that. There are plenty of great stories to be told, frankly, some tragic ones as well, that are deserving of attention because they point up the need for more research and funding toward AFE solving the issue. She's happy to link to people whose stories deserve to be told. She doesn't have to retell them, and she doesn't have to acquire the traffic. That's mm-hmm. not the point. The point is the stories need to be told. I see. So you really look at the, frankly, the altruistic best outcome scenario and say, how does how do more people benefit from this? Okay. Let's cool. bring it back to your microwave uh, manufacturer. Dynamite microwave oven. Is it the chrome and shinier? What is it? Why right. is it a superior microwave? Have people tell the story about what they learned. Okay. Maybe the microwave oven saved my life. I should tell the world that sure. microwave oven saved my life. Microwave. Exactly yeah. right. Bulletproof microwave. That's there right. Yeah, and, and it even missed Obama's head. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the cameras. They, this one doesn't have any cameras in it. Oh, so. it's one of those, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> our, well, now, so we talked about some really innovative ideas here uh, of how to actually think through SEO and um, your pages, your your whole marketing, really, and the way, really, your your posture uh, out in out in the world as it's represented on the internet. How do you measure this stuff? That's a great question. 
the most low common denominator, which is available to anybody with a website, is Google Analytics. Mm-hmm. Right? You can look at the extent to which uh, a blog post sent traffic to your website. Okay. Or if that page on your website caused the person to bounce, if you'll pardon the expression, sure. and instead leave your site to go read the real factual story about the person who's the subject of the story. If your intention is to help that person benefit as well, then the bounce from your page to another page is a benefit you're intended, and that's a successful result. Okay. So when we think about these websites as being acquisition targets, I think of them as more as being conduits for learning. Mm-hmm. If my intention is to help that rising tide lifts all boats and help other people in their lives, then it's okay to me that someone left my site to go someplace else. I was directing them there anyway. Sure. I want that result. Right. So you helped them find the answer. Exactly right. Okay. When someone, I, as a habit, for example, on my own blog, on the Fan Foundry blog, I typically include a link or two to either foundational or supplemental or supportive articles, content that either was the basis or the reason for my writing or was f- additional reading if a person wanted to look okay. into it more. Since I, you know, we're not, none of us wants to be discovered for the frauds that we are. Mm-hmm. I, always like, I always like to refer to other people who think like me because in that echo chamber we seem to support each other's theories. Right. So why not link to further reading if a person's curious about the subject? I do that. And so to the extent a person clicks that link in the bottom of a blog article, I know I found a reader who's really enthusiastic about the subject. Guess what happens? I get more blog subscribers. Right. Because because people go to my blog article to find the jumping off point to get everything else. Interesting. So um, now how does Twitter, um, Facebook, all that stuff go into here? Because it sounds like in a way to announce something is really what Twitter and Facebook are. Or yeah, a it's, destination in itself. Yeah, well, we've heard quite often that Twitter is really turning into the headlines, the minute up to the bit of the headlines, and that's sort of a byproduct of the where people seem to find the most value, which is uh, broadcasting or announcing or, if you will, pardon the expression, bullhorning mm-hmm. uh, your content. I've used Twitter for both that purpose and its original intended purpose, which was to uh, uh, support chat mm-hmm. among people who are so like like-minded at a point in time. Case in point today, I just came to this meeting with you, Paul, uh, from a North Shore Technology Council event where part of the digital ventriloquism I do for them on a pro bono basis is I'll go to an event. In this case, it was a sustainability forum uh, to take a few photographs with the presenters and the host and uh, a few other dignitaries and luminaries funnel those photos over to my Twitter account that I manage for the North Shore Technology Council, NS Tech Council, uh, NS Tech Council, and then initiate the tweet chat process. Now, my job is done. I can leave, and other people in the room are carrying on the conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to jump over here to meet with you. (laughs) So it's almost like touching a match to the tinder and letting it burn away based on however people want to carry it forward. Likewise, social channels, to me, are, are, can be extremely effective for helping pollinate your message but also support like, uh, like-minded messages. I have an equal number of people I follow as follow me. Frankly, Twitter actually has limits. It sets limits. You can't just do nothing but follow other people and not acquire any followers of your own. After a certain point in time, you trip over a wire, then Twitter says, sorry, you can't, acquire, you can't follow anybody else until you've acquired some followers, or words to that effect. If yep. you've ever seen that message, you know you're doing a lot more following and you're not contributing content. Where's the balance in that conversation? They're there to enforce chat, right. conversation, right. Into right. idea exchange. Discussion, hopefully. Right. All right, so um, we're talking with Ed Alexander. Um, would you, are you the founder of Fan Foundry, or what would you, what's your title? 
Chief Digital Ventriloquist. Yes, but I... Chief Digital Ventriloquist. Well, we're going to cover that in our next podcast, this Digital Ventriloquist kind of thing. So we won't get into that too much. But anyway, we're we're meeting, we're today talking with uh, Ed Alexander. It's been a fascinating discussion about SEO and understanding really marketing in the web world. And uh, we're going to be talking with him over several podcasts and... I think you'll find some very interesting things. So, Ed, I want to thank you for being here for this first podcast. It's been fun, Paul. I'm looking forward to what comes next. Thanks for having me. The Edge of Innovation is brought to you in partnership with Savior Labs. Savior Labs exists to help businesses mature and strategize for the future. Learn more about Savior Labs at SaviorLabs.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Edge of Innovation, Hacking the Future of Business. For the show notes and more information about Paul, please visit paulparisi.com. The Edge of Innovation is produced by Jacob Young in conjunction with copious amounts of coffee. Music on today's episode was from bensound.com. Paul can be found on Twitter at P.D. Parisi and on LinkedIn at LinkedIn.com slash P.D. Parisi. This episode, like all our episodes, is transcribed and available at PaulParisi.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.